So we're going to go into an interview done by Ro, our producer, with one of our feature artists for this Sweet 16, uh, Charlie of Moaning Lisa. Let's start off with Carrie Brackets, I Want a Girl. I mean, it's a pretty forceful and I guess there's no really mucking about when it comes to the lyrical content. Can I ask what sort of like inspired this sort of, this sort of song? It's really funny because I actually wrote it on a ukulele really late at night and I was just really sad because... A girl just broke up with me to date a dude and I actually like the lyrics were exactly the same but I just sung it a little bit differently and it was actually really sad and like a desperate sort of song and it was only when I showed the rest of the band and they were like oi let's fucking let's make it like a distorted guitar let's put some sick drums in like and I think you should like almost yeah like I don't know, that sort of vibe, and then it just fits so well with that, and then it just took on this whole other, this whole other element that was much more forceful and, like, self-assured, and, like, the whole, the sad, desperate part of it kind of went away in transferring it to, like, a band context, so it's really funny for me, because, like, I remember how it was originally written, which was, like, it was quite a sad song, and I was just kind of, oh, I want a girl, like... Somebody, like, please, like, I see all these beautiful queer women and non-binary people out in the world, and I just want someone like that. Like, why is it so hard for me? And now it's, like, so cool because everyone's like, yeah, that's how I feel, and, like, you make me so confident, and we've been waiting for a song like this. And so, yeah, so it's really, um, it just makes me want to be even more aggressive every time we play it about, like, with how we do it. So, yeah. It's really interesting that um, you mentioned how you you first wrote it on a ukulele in your bedroom and that's exactly how the music video starts. Yeah, so we, I kind of wanted to pay a little homage back to how it originally started, you know, and thought it could be pretty fun because we'd sent out this, like, public call out for people to just, like, film themselves in whatever capacity they wanted, just, like, rocking out, singing along, whatever, to the song. And I thought, hey, like, I should do that myself, too, like, because I'm a part of this, too. I, I don't really segregate myself from the song in that way. Um, and I thought, oh, it could actually be really cool to kind of shed some light on how it actually started, which was, like, so I was, like, in my pyjamas, sitting in bed, playing ukulele. So I just kind of, like, recreated that to have at the beginning just so people get a little bit of a, a snapshot in time of how it started. I thought it would be cute. I do want to talk about that video for a little bit because I remember seeing the like the call outs on Instagram and and you know Facebook and like kind of wanting to get um, women and non-binary people involved in this like queer call to arms. Um, what was it like putting the video all together? Um, it happened really quickly because we'd had it was over a period of like two or three months that people were sending them in because. It was, we weren't getting actors, we weren't getting any professionals to do it, you know, so everyone was kind of taking their time with it and I wanted everyone to be comfortable and really come up with something they would be happy to have out in the world. So we kind of, we were getting this kind of slow trickle in of different videos over a period of like two months. So I got really, really familiar with all the individual videos so that when it came time to edit it, I originally thought I could do it by myself, but I'm not not very tech savvy, so called my friend Dave and was like, hey, like, we really want this to be out next week, like, can you help us out? And he did a really good job kind of cutting it together himself 
And then just one day I went over and kind of picked out my favourite parts from each video. And it just happened really, really quickly. And I just made sure that all my favourite parts from each of the submissions were included in the end product. And, yeah, now I can't imagine it not in the way that it's edited now. <laughs> it kind of all came together really, really well. And I like how, how different all the takes were. Like, we had our friend Alice... Um, film herself in a bathtub like looking real kind of like grunge 90s like arty sort of seriousness and then we have my other friend Jacinta who was like sitting on a couch and had her puppy on her lap like it was just like a really cool variety of things I just love that we gave everyone their own autonomy and how they wanted to do it like we didn't really give much direction at all apart from here's the song here are the lyrics do what you want with it and yeah, so I think that's what made it so great as well because everyone is doing what they want to do and you can tell and they're just, like, having such a good time with it, so... My favourite part is when, like, the song kicks in and it's like, I want an Ellen, and then there's an Ellen. It goes to Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that on purpose. I was just like, oh. Sometimes we, because um, the lyrics are like, give me an Ellen page, and sometimes we change it to, like, Ellen Chan, and she gets a little giggle and she blushes, like... <laughs> It's really fun, yeah. There's so many awesome, like, strong ladies in, like, in that song that you name drop. Like, there's an Ellen Page, there's Courtney Barnett, there's I want a yes. Florence, I want an Annie. Like, all these all these women, like, I guess, who you'd see is, I guess, like, kind of, like, inspirations? Yeah, definitely. Like, in so many different ways, too, because I think the main common thread between all of them is they're all out and, like, unabashedly so. Like... They're not going to pussyfoot around the question in interviews and they're like, oh, like, about your personal life, like, you have a boyfriend, you know? Um, and I think that was the main reason why I had them. I mean, when I first wrote it, I was just like, bam, 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 like, all the people off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and I guess the, ma the main thing was just that they were really out. And I think being a musician, I tend... I. Um, kind of <clears throat> veered mostly towards, like, other musicians because they're the people that I'm most aware of in the world. But then, you know, you've got Ellen Page and Ellen DeGeneres who are just, like, everyone bloody knows who they are. Why is it so important to have queer voices to the front and centre when it comes to music? I just think it's important to have, like, as many voices as possible. And if there's a certain void in particular voices, not being heard in particular spheres or whatever, um, I think it's really important to fill that void. And, you know, the whole the old saying of, like, write the music you want to hear, you know, make the art that you want to have in your life. And I think that's what I was going with it. I'm like, you know what? There isn't actually a song where you just, like, unabashedly, like, listen off these, like, badass women. Like, I was not holding back when I wrote it. I was just like, you know what? I can... Sky's the limit because... <laughs> This is my song. I can do what I want with it. And so I think, yeah, I was just kind of putting something out there that wasn't already there because I felt like it needed it. And But, like, queer voices are important voices. So, like, there's so many of us. And it, it's kind of strange that people still don't believe that there's so many of us. But, um... More the merrier. I guess on that note, maybe like being an optimist is kind of in my personality, but like it's kind of exciting for me to kind of look and see how our industry is changing and how Ooh. 
women and people of colour and how queer voices are kind of being amplified. Do you feel the mm. same way? Do you feel like things are really changing? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still so much work to do because at the end of the day, it's still run by a very niche amount of people, like at the very top, the people controlling everything. But I think at the end of the day, like everything starts at grassroots level. And I think that's been happening for so, so long. And now it's kind of, it's, it's, it's inching its way up, which has been happening for a while, but I think it's feeling a bit like it has a bit more momentum now, especially in Australia. So I think it's just all downhill from here, but downhill in a easy breezy, beautiful cover girl sort of way, not in a... I reckon one day people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Carrie, yeah, there's a million songs like that. Yeah, like, it's not weird or, like, different that there's a queer song. I kind of want to talk about Morning Lisa as a band right now because you have yeah. some so, like some incredibly exciting stuff coming up. Do you want to tell us a bit yeah. about some of the shows and some of the things that you are doing? Well, our first ever show of the year, because we've taken like two months off, which in retrospect I'm thinking was a really bad idea because I've kind of just like not known what to do with myself. <laughs> so I'm really keen for that to start again. But um, our first ever show of the year is with Dreamwife at the Lansdowne in Sydney, which is on Tuesday, like February 6th. Um, and that's ridiculous because like they're such a huge, like just mammoth sort of band and I'm so, so honoured to be playing with them. And um then we have like a lot of we have like some festival things that we're doing, which um, Psych Fest, which is happening in Sydney and Melbourne, which we're doing both for because we just say yes to everything. <laughs> like we have very poor impulse control, and I was just like, yes, so 